games this week, right? Uh, yep, two. Yeah, I'm not, I still don't believe it. All right, fine. <laughs> Oh, uh, hey now, boys and girls, welcome to show 171 here of the podcast. It's the unfiltered, unedited, uncensored, commercial-free Sharks podcast that is the Pucknologist here on Teal Town, USA. This time around, we got three games to go at, all of them on the road, but be the number one, the number one that follows us, wherever you are. That's right. If you're new to the podcast, hit the subscribe button, follow us on social media. If you want to join the YouTube chat, make sure to subscribe. Thank you very much. Russian bots. You can help support the content we deliver. Keep us commercial free by using that super chat option during the live shows or by using Venmo. You can find us at Teal town USA. Remember your donations. Keep the cast free from us putting the brakes right in the middle of it to tell you how to shave your nether regions. That's the way it goes. But remember, if you're not watching us live on YouTube, you can add your comments in the section below on this video. And while you're there, give us a thumbs up. As always, we're not here to change your mind. We're only here to offer our thoughts. And yes, we are announcing the winning lunchbox later in the show. Hey, now, do you have the numbers together, Jerk? Uh, they are currently being calculated. Oh, and tabulations occurring? Tabulations are occurring. We're not there yet. <laughs> There's still plenty of numbers to count. Not there not there yet. Um, Thank you, John King. Yeah, but uh, we'll see. It's going to be very interesting. We've got uh, 15 entries. Which 15? Is, that's it? I You say that's it. I think that's <laughs> the biggest contest we've ever done on this podcast. <laughs> I call bullshit. <laughs> All right. Three games this week. The Sharks went two. One, wait a minute. They ended up with a winning record. This can't be right. Barely. Five three okay, let me see. Five three loss, five four win, and then three two win in OT. God damn, that sounds like a winning record. <laughs> How the hell did that happen? I don't makes even you think. It. Yeah, maybe, makes you do. Uh, you know, maybe maybe this team, uh, maybe this team is a Stanley Cup contender. Yeah, right? absolutely. That's what, that's, yeah, that's what the. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're not going to get into it. Yeah, that. okay. Uh, <laughs> so it's a uh, it's a technology or a uh, what puck. Technologist, no. Pucknologist take over. So, as they do on After Dark, you talk about the game you just saw. So, Sharks, 3-2 overtime. No, shootout win. Gotta update everything. I hate it when they do all that. Makes me, screws me up. So, uh, the Sharks beat Minnesota in, uh, I don't even know what they called it. It's not the House of Hockey, but it's certainly a cold state. Uh, this one, look... I don't know about you, dude. Going into the third period, I'm like, oh my god, can they just already fly back to San Jose? Yeah, this game, at least the first two periods for me, this game, it, it kind of felt boring, to be totally honest dude, with you. Dude, boring like, as fuck, dude. What? How long did it take them to get their fourth shot on goal? Like 18 minutes in the first? Yeah, far far too long. And and so I was, you know, knowing it was a takeover, I was like, okay, like you, you know, this is really boring, but you have to pay attention. You know, you have to make sure that everything, you know, is is dutifully noted. Uh, and 
I guess the Sharks provided us with some, some excitement. So tonight wasn't a, <laughs> a total snooze fest. Yeah, right. But <laughs> this one, I mean, it just it didn't seem like the Sharks really brought anything to the table until nah. far too late in the game. Yeah, it was. It, well, and what, of course, didn't help things is the fact that they evidently lost Redeem Shimmick about 24 seconds into the first period off his first shift, didn't play for the rest of it after taking a, a shot from Mason Shaw. So at that point, you're like, oh, my God. So is um, EK going to do, like, what, 40 minutes tonight? <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, I, there's been a lot of words about Shimmick, you know, what he brings to the team and if it's positive, but... As we've talked about, he's he's played a lot better this year than probably the last two years. And so when you have a guy like that go down early, obviously you're you're behind the eight ball from the beginning. And, you know, to your point, like you can roll out Carlson more, you can roll out Ferraro more. But over time, you know, playing the extra minutes, it does it does wear on you regardless of who is absent from the lineup. (laughs) Who? Just to be aware, they lost Shimmick. Shimmick played 24 seconds tonight. Eric Carlson. 34 minutes. <laughs> did, did you not see that coming? <laughs> <laughs> Can't say that I did. Dude. And so for as like super like jacked up as we've been with Eric Carlson, and we're going to get to him because uh, Jackie Redman had some words. But dude, he did kind of eat one tonight that led to a shorty. Yeah, it not great, but you know it. It, it happens, and, and not the first right? time. Yeah, but it it happens. I mean, you can't, you know, it, it you can't be surprised when stuff like that happens. If you want a player to sort of do those creative things to try and make something happen, you know what I mean? Like like they say, higher risk, higher reward. Like yeah, you know, he blows a wheel there, and the Wild get their second goal of the game. But at the same time, if Carlson is not making maneuvers like that, I guarantee you the Sharks' chances of scoring and the amount of goals the Sharks get goes down as well. So you kind of have to weigh them one on one side on the other. No, I'm I'm down with that. So, but it, this, oh, God damn, this is a boring fucking game. <laughs> it really was. Like, it, the, the funny thing is, it's like, oh, hey, the uh, puck knowledge is going to take over. We're going to do After Dark. We're going to talk about the game. There really wasn't a lot to talk about. I mean, they they went with the same crew that played against Dallas, will beat Dallas, and that was pretty much it. And what happened? Well, I mean, for shits and giggles, they literally got, you know, same ending. They won. But yeah, the, oh man. Uh, how, how did you feel about the uh, OT when they when uh, Quinn went with uh, Meyer, Hurdle, and Carlson? You're like, what? What is like Nieto, Sveshnikov, and Sturm busy? I was gonna say it was <laughs> you know kind of nice to see uh, kind of nice to see the the uh, the coach put out a lineup that's could win better equipped to try and win the game, <laughs> dude. Uh, what, what were your feels when LeBanc was the first shooter for the Sharks? Um, you know, honestly, contrary to last week, like <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't really think it was that big of a deal, just because as we talked about, nobody, like nobody, was really all that impressive. I mean, obviously, uh, Lawrence and Sturm, you know, they get the goals to tie the game, but like. I don't really feel like I could have pointed anybody into in the lineup where I was like, ooh, that person's buzzing. They got to go. You know what I mean? So I was fine with LeBanc. 
LeBanc, but then Couture, but then Bonino? Yeah, the Bonino one is the only one where it's a bit quizzical for me just because like he's not somebody that you rely on for goals in a normal situation, you know what I mean? Like LeBanc, whatever you want to say about LeBanc, he's still somebody that's relied on for goals and he's still somebody that has the talent to score goals, you know? Sure. But what is it what does Quinn have against Hurdle in the shootout? That seems really weird to me. I yeah, I, I I mean maybe has Hurdle taken more than one shootout goal this season? Seems like I, it's I, Dude. It, it seems well, and it's funny because like the Sharks have been in the shootout so many times, right? You'd oh, think dude. that everybody would it's, have gotten it, a try. Wasn't this like their fourth shootout in their last six games? Yeah, because they had the two against Anaheim. They had this one, and I don't know if there was one more or not. But it's no. I thought I thought last week they went three oh, straight. Right, they did. There was three. Jeez, that's what I'm saying, dude. Like. Four of six, they go to a goddamn shootout. <laughs> like, yikes. And you, you go, dude, I love me some Barbie. We're going to talk Barabanov in a little bit. But, like, still, I'm going, really? Benino and Barabanov before Timo? Before uh, Hurdle? And I mean, Timo is kind of like the big one, I think. Cause well, Timo, last... didn't Timo get a look tonight? Yeah, I believe. Okay, he... so I'm looking at the NHL.com thing and his... his he's not even listed on here. I'm like, what the hell? No, but to your, to your point of like who to roll out there, you know, in the first three, right? Like, yeah, Timo, even before tonight, like they, you know, they said Timo Meyer, you know, he leads, leads the NHL in shots on goal. You know, he'd scored a goal prior to tonight. He'd scored a goal in five straight games. Like kind of seems to me like it would be an easy choice, right? <laughs> you would think, <laughs> Well, either way, the uh, Sharks end up with this one. Uh, you're going to have to do me a favor. Log on to ESPN. Tell me who the three stars were this. Uh, but the Sharks finish it off. Uh, I mean, so far, it's a, it's the beginning of a four-game road trip. And out of it right now, they're, I mean, 2-1-0. and oh. Gave up a point to Minnesota. Yeah, gave up a point to Minnesota. I think a lot of people, if you looked at this, road trip at the beginning of the season you went wait st louis dallas minnesota and vegas oh shit if they come back with a point i'd be surprised right so especially dallas like dallas has been buzzing like all season right but even if um, but i'm talking about the beginning of the season oh sure, you know what sure. i mean yeah. like who, yeah. who okay. knew that st louis was going to be the shit show that it is but <laughs> all of a sudden you know oh you need to cure your ills do you need do you have an eight game losing streak that you need to fix by all means, invite the San Jose Sharks into your house. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I'll tell you this. Anybody who anybody who predicted uh, that the Sharks were going to, you know, have a fighting chance against the Blues and to extent by extension thought the Blues were going to be crap this year, uh, <laughs> they're they're lying. I have some things to say. <laughs> they're, they're they're trying to, you know, they're they're trying to, you know, not you know they're trying to be the hipster and it's like well I called it at the beginning no nobody knew like <laughs> it, you know oh the blues God. blues and minnesota were both the team that uh were both teams that people were kind of looking at as like okay maybe the central division is going to be a gauntlet and it was so supposed far. to be it was supposed yeah. to be uh so let's let's get to that blues game uh sharks lose 5 to 3 Oofa. Uh, it was the Sharks' fifth straight loss. Another one 
goal loss. If you throw out that empty netter, the the Sharks failed to draw a call in the game. Uh, but, you know, it's okay. If you want to play the Brody Brazil, you want to be the silver lining guy, sure, I'm with you. And what you can take away from that is the fact that all the big names scored in that one. You had uh, scores from Hurdle, Meyer, and Couture. Uh, you have to at least enjoy that part of it and say, look, the, the Sharks are, are okay headed in like not off a cliff. Mm-hmm. They're, they're supposedly in the right direction. But, uh, you know, it's, it, it's that whole thing when, you know, one tire contains all the air, then the other tire blows. And it, that just felt like what St. Louis was. And I feel so bad for Kakinen because it just seems like every time he goes in, the Sharks go, yeah, watch how bad we suck tonight. That's what it feels like. Well, and it's really unfortunate because we've, you know, we, you and I have gone back and forth about how highly we view Kakinen, you know, skill level and potential dude, and all that kind of stuff. Kak, but dude, but you're right. It's just every, it seems like every time he's in the net, like there's some kind of something that just, you know, really muddies the waters. And it's unfortunate because, you know, I'm still team, you know, team future of the team kind of deal. Yes. Uh, and I don't know. I mean, I know David Quinn came out and said, oh, you know, Kakinen, you know, he needs more confidence, which maybe that's true, but like. <laughs> he probably just... gets some more confidence if the team in front of him can stop a fucking puck from getting there from time to time. Well, that's like, you know. <laughs> Those high danger chances. Well, and that's, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of like, you know, when you're really, you know, say, say you're really, I don't know, say you're really upset about something and, you know, maybe you have someone trying to comfort you and they're like it's okay it's okay just relax it's like no shit that's what i'm trying to do <laughs> you know no like, so, when he says, so when he says you know oh kakinen needs to find his confidence it's like yeah i think he would be the first to tell you that <laughs> yeah, no kidding dude can can is this a uh what do they call that thing um you get a bunch of people looking for they get a list and they all go out and try to find something what is that called like a honeydew list? No, 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 no. It's uh, you know, it's it's a whole group of people, and like these three people are given a list. Three, these three like a scavenger and, hunt. Yes, that's what it is. Kakinen's okay. confidence right now is a, is a scavenger hunt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what I was thinking though? I'm wondering, just the way I mean, really, just the way all well, maybe not tonight, but <laughs> just not the tonight. Way, you know, like looking at the first two games, it's kind of funny how things can change, right? So looking at the first two games and looking at, you know, our run our rundown for tonight, I was fully prepared to come in with the talking point of, you know, where would this team be if the bottom six and the blue line were better, right? Because I know you've put it on our rundown and we'll get in there, but just, you know, has the top six finally come alive, you know? Exactly. And And so I'm wondering, hmm, Maybe a better bottom six, maybe a better blue line. You know, where's this team? You know, are they maybe getting Nieto off the top six? Yeah, you know, are they fighting for you know, are they fighting for maybe the eighth playoff spot? You know what I mean? I don't I don't want to say yes for sure, but who knows? And then of course you come in tonight and who gets both goals for the Sharks? The freaking two guys from the bottom six. So, <laughs> you know, it kind of ruined my entire talking point, but I still think it's a valid point to make. You know? Dude, not only that, Vlasic, the guy everybody loved to fucking shit on the last two years, picks up two apples tonight. Oh, it's a beauty. You love to see it. <laughs> you love to see it. But 
Following St. Louis, uh, Logan Couture, he had some things to say, and a lot of it had to do with the fact of this team, and it kind of echoes what Quinn has been saying. They're close, but they just keep making the stupid same mistakes. Yeah, I uh, played really well for spurts, and um, we didn't play well for about seven, eight minutes in the second, but then just just big-time mistakes that end up in our net, and it's happening every single night. So we got to find a way to avoid making the big mistakes. Obviously, some mistakes are going to happen throughout a game, but the big ones are, are killing us right now. Big ones are killing us. That's that's what it is. Like the, even tonight, you saw Eric Carlson bumblefuck the the puck at the blue line and ends up in his his own net on a shorty. It's right. Those are things. Like again, I'm not I'm not here to go. Oh my God, fetch me my lawnmower. Like I'm not here to do that. The, Carlson has killed it so far this year. You can forgive him for those little blunders. Because dude is clearly putting more, you know, up on the board than he's pulling down. But it does go to Couture's comment where he's just, you know, we're, we're making the big mistake. And we just, if we can fix that, holy shit. Well, and and I think it, it's it's hard, right? And I think it goes back to something you said a couple weeks ago where, you know, when you, you know, when you are the player that that is that is under the microscope right everything you do it, it's dialed up to 100 like i guarantee you if any of the other uh you know six defensemen that are on this roster any of the 14 forwards that are on the roster if anybody fell down like that nothing no Not of course of course but because it's eric carlson which you know people there are a lot of people who hate eric carlson just for <coughs> existing and then you <laughs> I'm not one you, of them. No, I know. And then you add <laughs> and then you on top of that, you add the fact that obviously Minnesota scored and so it just becomes this unnecessary firestorm, you know? Oh yeah. Dude, they're they're going to pour kerosene on the lip match. Yeah, and for what reason? Again, to, to like the point that Couture made, you know, everybody is going to make mistakes, but you can't be victimized by the critical mistakes. Yeah, but they're of course going to be looked at in a vacuum. Totally. You know, when, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, Quinn, David Quinn, after St. Louis, clearly not the happiest guy. Why would he be? You just can't play 12 minutes of the hockey we played in the second period and expect to win a hockey game. You know, I thought we got off to a little bit of a slow start. Thought we got better as the first period went on. Really loved our first six, seven minutes of the second. Took the penalty, they get the goal, and then we just never could get out of our end. We stood around, uh, didn't defend anybody, didn't support the puck. You know, you could feel that momentum swinging heavily. Uh, and then we just, again, we get a puck, have opportunity to get it out. We stand still and ends up on the back of our net. And then obviously love the beginning of the third. We come out, we get a goal, and we hem them in. We get chances. And, you know, the fourth goal is just, it's just one we can't give up. I mean, and listen, you can't be as bad as we were for that stretch. I mean, you're not going to play perfect for 60. No team does it. But how bad is your bad? And our bad was really bad for that stretch. Man, you just... You know, you can't you can't give up those two goals at the end of the second. Well, not the end, but the last 12 minutes or you know 11 minutes of the second period, the way we did because you play the way we did. You know, you got to make them earn it, and we didn't make them earn much uh, towards the end, you know the last half of the second period. 
I, I love that quote. Like, how bad is your bad? And our bad was pretty fucking bad. <laughs> right. And and I think that's a that's a critical point to to mention, right? Is you look at look at the elite teams, right? Colorado, Tampa Bay, Vegas, uh, Calgary. Those teams have something that is bad, right? A bad moment, a bad ritual, a bad whatever. But again, it's how, like you said, how bad is your bad? Can you overcome it? Can you not, you know, if, you know, if, uh, let's, if Kale McCarr blows a wheel and the other team scores or Victor Hedman or, uh, you know, Alex Petrangelo, can that team overcome a, a bad goal scored on a bad moment? And the answer is yes, for all three of them, the Sharks are not one of those teams right now. And so you kind of. You just have to look at it and take it for what it is, right? It's it's been it's been difficult, but to drop one to a team who comes in on a ridiculous losing streak, and our buddies at Let's Go Blues Radio, uh, you know, stick taps to you. I hope you have a what a gallon of chocolate milk you have to drink. I'm not sure. Uh, we we move on to to the Dallas game and. This is the one where I am going to say, Jerk, you you know me better than perhaps my wife, but I was the one that was going full Jack, Jack Nicholson gif because Svechnikov is back. Svechnikov is back. And what happened? He fucking scored. Yeah, I... Um... Dude, why is Svechnikov not permanently on this team? Lindblom has been shit. Nieto. Nieto, dude, how is Fetch not a permanent part of the top six? Explain right. that to me. Well, and you know, and I'm willing, I'm willing to acknowledge too that when the Sharks first, you know, when it was announced that the Sharks first signed him, I was, I, I, I don't want <laughs> to say the I was sh- shitty one. <laughs> well, I don't want to, I don't, you know, I wouldn't say I was upset, but I definitely didn't like it because it was, you know, again, the Sharks have loads of those kinds of players, right? Right, and, but, but ha- have I been a, a Svech guy from like day one? Oh yeah, absolutely. See? And oh, I've been so upset. And, and he's and he's been he's brought something to the table. You know what I mean? He's been able to, you know, separate himself from those group of, you know, guys. Right? Like mm-hmm. like similar guys. You know, like I I know we had the conversation of you know Noah Gregor. Like I would love obviously Svechnikov at this point he needs to be in the lineup. But I would like Noah Gregor to be in the lineup too. And so it's kind of, you know, you're looking and it's like, okay, to your point, why are you taking Zvechnikov out when you could make a convincing argument for Cunnin, Lindblom, Nieto, Lawrence, Gadjevich, Lawrence. Yeah. Well, Lawrence is kind of different because you don't expect that kind of stuff from from Lawrence. And I, I think, don't. I think, but I when, think when you look, is, look, like, look, dude, your top, the, the five of your top six. It's mm-hmm. obviously Meyer, Hurdle, LeBanc, Couture. And then, uh, you know, our buddy, our buddy, Barbie. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it just seems like based on performance, based on the names that you have on the roster, Spechnikov kind of fits really nice as that, you know, sixth slot out of the top well, slicks. And and with Svechnikov, he's obviously proven... He's proven that when he gets, uh, you know, when he's in the right spot, you know, he can get goals. I mean, he's got three goals, as we mentioned this year. Um, plus minus leader, plus five, according to Benjamin Castle. Yeah. 
and you know he's got more goals than Cunning right now, who's relied on for goals. He's got more goals than LeBanc right now, who's relied on for goals. Same with Barabanov. So it's been shown that Svechnikov can get goals when he's in the right position. And so to me, just as a you know aficionado for roster building, if you will, it makes a lot of sense to put a player like that with someone who can get people the puck. I mean, how much have we talked about? I know you and I have talked about it on the podcast, through Twitter, DMs, all kinds of stuff. Man, Barabanov is so good at getting the puck to people, it's a shame that the person he has to get it to is Nieto. (laughs) And And let's just say for a second, I mean, I'm sure you're going to have a lot to say about this. This week, Barbie, have a week, buddy. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah, I mean, he got the goal, first goal of the season, monkey off the back there, obviously. Um, but dude is just finding himself, he's finding himself in the right spot. No, absolutely. And I think he, you know, he's kind of the perfect player to play with a Sveshnikov, right? As we said, Sveshnikov is a guy who can get open, pair him with somebody who can move the puck. I mean, again, I feel like this makes way too much sense. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, quick update. David Quinn did not have much of an update for redeem Shimmick. Said they might know more tomorrow. Also said he'll let the league handle the hit that knocked him out of the game. I did. Did, uh, did, did you think it was a wing? Did you know? Did he get clipped, or did you think that was well? That's hockey. Sometimes you're the bug. Sometimes you're the windshield. Truthfully, it happened so fast. I didn't actually see it happen. Yeah, I do. I don't know that he did get clear. You know, I know Randy and uh, Drew kind of said, well, you know, kind of took a high elbow. Boy, I don't know. I mean, wouldn't this be a great time for Nudavaro to be healthy? <laughs> yeah, and and even then, just now watching the watching the gif that the Teal Town account has put out, it's it, it's really from the angles that that gif shows. It 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 seems like there is contact with the facial area, but it doesn't seem like there's contact with the elbow. It seems almost like, like his wrist clipped him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's... And, 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 and like you said, you know, you can, you can be upset that Shimmick took a head contact and I think you, you'd be completely fair to be upset, but you know, sometimes things just happen, you know? Yeah. But it's, you know, part of the game. Right. So, uh, the sharks, Take a five-four win against Dallas. Uh, and of course, that was the whole thing. I was like, "Wait a minute! They lose to a team that's on an eight-game losing streak. Then they play the next night, you know, <laughs> back-to-backs. And try as they might, despite the Sharks' best effort, they beat the Dallas Stars. I mean, it, it felt like they were trying not to for a little bit of that game. To be honest with you, <laughs> I mean, it was quality over quantity. <laughs> sure. The, the weird thing, the Sharks scored five times on 18 shots on goal. I mean, when was, when, have, how many times have you, myself, is, is Ryan, right? Is the big otter guy? Yep. Dude, throwing otter a .722? Are you kidding me? <laughs> that might, that might be like the third sub 800 that he ever sees in his lifetime. Well, and and you know what? It was like that was weird, man. With this team, like we talked a lot, like um, and and not to bring up the past, right? But 
you know, that last playoff run the Sharks had, you know, going to Western Conference Final and uh, Game 7, all that bullshit. Oh, 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 hold on. Oh, yeah, Game 7. Yeah, right. You know, the, you know, that team, that entire year, that team had a propensity for being able to come back in games that they were trailing in, or at the very least, make it close, make it interesting. And it's not something that we've seen as often since that season, but I think last night, especially as against a good team uh, like the Dallas stars, you know, number one in the central division to see them always have an answer. Hey, you're going to score. Well, we're going to score right back. You know, Jamie Ben put up two goals last night. That's okay. We're going to get two of our own. <laughs> we good. And, <laughs> and again, you know, it's, it, it's one game, right? But it's still, I think if you're, if you're somebody who wants this team to move forward, move in the right direction, I know, I know everybody enjoys, you know, the talk about tanking and all that kind of stuff, but you still need to make forward progress eventually. Right. Sure. And playing that way is a big part of that. Well, and the, and the sharks uh, one for two on the power play in that one. And they only gave up one penalty to Dallas and they killed it. So obviously special teams came through on that. But man, can Svechnikov replace Nieto with Couture and Barbie, please? But you saw Couture in this Dallas game get a Gordy Howe hat trick, his first one ever. Thankfully, Jamie Ben didn't kill him. Did you watch that? Because I thought Ben really held up and went, "Okay, he, you know, like he almost like gave Couture a little pat on the head and said, nice try." Well, and and <laughs> and with Jamie Ben, like obviously the offense has dried up. Of the last couple seasons, but still a very good offensive player. Oh well, and, I, well that, but, but I mean, of, but it, no, but I mean, in but it's all the top that, line, right? It's Pavelski, it's Robertson, and it's uh, what's the other cat's name? Robey Hints. Yeah, Hints. But but so in in spite of Jamie Ben being a, a really good offensive player, he does you know he's a very tough customer. He does have that oh, mean streak, and he's a he's a big boy. To your point, it definitely kind of feels like Ben recognized. <laughs> who he was going up against and was like, okay, dude. I don't want to, I don't want to embarrass him, you know? <laughs> dude. And that's what it would have been, dude. It was like Couture trying to climb a 30 foot tree. <laughs> when you looked at that, it was just like, and Ben was just like, you're cute. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was very much like, it was such a good try. I give you, you know, props, stick taps for the effort, but dude, I, I could kill you. So just, just skate off. Right. Uh, in that one, though, the weird thing about this is the fact that the the Sharks had four shots on goal in the fourth or in the second, and three shots on goal in the third. Like that was really fucking weird. Yeah, they didn't. Uh, they didn't make it easy on themselves. Yeah, but it was just like, again quality over quantity when you look at the shots on goal at the end of that one. It was really bizarre. But you know what, David Quinn. You, I mean, you look at this, and how could you not? David Quinn, coach of the Sharks, had uh, some things to say when it came to uh, a lot of positives to take away from a win. Like, wow, <laughs> you're positive after a win. Wow, how that's interesting. You know, I think we're slowly learning what it takes to win hockey games. You know, again, a big snafu at the end of the first period. We give up with 20 seconds to go. Uh, but I thought after that, I, I really liked a lot of our game. I thought our breakouts were clean. I thought we took, caused a lot of turnovers. Uh, we went to the net hard in the O-zone. I thought a lot of good things in our game. And we took a step forward to learn how to win again. So, you know, it's going to take a little time. We're 
still fragile from you know, the last two weeks and the losing we've done and, and the way we've done it, but we took a step forward today. Would it be too much to ask that they do the uh, post-game presser, like, I don't know, a little further away from the buffet? It's <laughs> <laughs> almighty, dude. Either way, uh, dude, just to see that, I mean, you got to like, uh, three stars of that game, by the way, Meyer, Couture, Ben. I think they gave Ben the star because he didn't cream Couture, <laughs> to well, be honest, two, dude. Two goals helps. Oh, Sure. <laughs> But so that's, still. that's nice from what they say. That's nice. <laughs> but uh, when it comes to uh, the, the storylines of the week, look, I got to say on a couple of this, uh, dude, the Sharks, you, you got to fire the puck a little bit more. Yeah. You know, the, like I said, that Dallas game is like three shots on goal and four shots on goal. There, there's been a few times, even tonight, there were some stretches against Minnesota where it's like, what the hell are you waiting for? Get the puck off your stick. Right. And 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 I'm sure Quinn is probably thinking the same thing. So it comes down to shots on goal. Now let me ask you this. I feel bad for Kakin. I mm-hmm. really do because I just feel like they put him in a, a position to succeed this week. They're like, "Okay, there's two games. Do we put Kakin against the team that is in the cellar of the Central and has lost eight straight?" Sure. And yeah, then put, you know, and then put Reimer against the team that is at the top of the division. And that's what they did. And what happened? The Kakinen game, they fucking lost. And I still don't know that I would really put that game on Kakinen. No, it, it's, I don't know, because I do agree with you. Like, here's the thing, going back to the 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 methodology on picking a starter, right? Reimer doesn't, and I, Reimer doesn't need air quotes, easy wins, right? Sure. Reimer doesn't need those. He He's not having a confidence problem, as David Quinn mentioned earlier. Kakinen, he needs those, so to speak, easy wins. I don't, I don't really think there's any win in the NHL that's an easy win, <laughs> but to your point, against a team that's in the cellar, right? And it's just, you know, I mean, the Sharks had three goals in this game against the Blues, so you kind of think... You know, maybe some of the onus is on Kakinen. Like, hey, <laughs> remember you know, we... when three goals would be all you needed to win? Right. You know, and I and I think, you know, obviously letting that letting the goal in, you know, against Cairo on the power play, I think that's probably the one that's gonna hurt the most, just because you know when you're killing a penalty, that's kind of when the goalie is really on display. Yep. Um. So I think maybe in this game against the Blues, you can shoulder some blame on Kakinen, but again, I think. To your point, there's been a lot of moments where it's just he's got hung guy out. can't guy can't catch a break. I mean, even look at last year; like he only had two wins last year, but had like had Stanley Cup goalie numbers in save percentage and goals against. Well, dude, I think you and I talked about it. It was just like pff, last season. It's like yeah, he's he's getting no support from the team in front of him, but like the saves he's supposed to make, he is making and he's making some saves that maybe he shouldn't make. So that's mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons why it was so juiced that the Sharks were able to keep him along with Reimer and yeah, get get back and forth for Hill. And you know what? And I and I still say this and I I said it at the very beginning of the season. I think I said it at the end of last year as well. No matter what happens with Kakin and just because the age, the future potential, the skill, all that kind of stuff, no matter what happens, Win, lose, or tie, which is not a thing anymore, but, you know, win, lose, or tie, <laughs> play Kakinen. 
Yeah. You know, because obviously you you want to really shine up Reimer for the trade deadline, which I understand and I support that. But if Kakanen's your goalie of the future, he and he's going through a hard time, he's no good to you on the bench. Absolutely. And maybe it's also a case of you, you have some games coming up. I mean, dude, at Vegas, the next game. You yeah, know, maybe well, and after Reimer starting too, maybe you say, "Hey, Cac, dude, we're we're gonna start you against the number one team in the Pacific, our nemesis. Mm-hmm. Like this is your 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 shot. Like literally, uh, I'm looking at the the league standings right in here. The number two team in the entire NHL, number one in the West. Like here's your shot. You know, take your shot. Well, and and not only that, but I don't. I, I think if you asked a Golden Knights fan or a Golden Knights player, I don't think they would care all that much about playing the Sharks on Tuesday. But for Sharks players and Sharks fans, like they get horned up to play Vegas. Oh, dude, this is a litmus test. And and you know, and and so especially, I think, let's just say Kakinen, like let's say Kakinen loses on Tuesday, assuming he starts, which is that's not come out. But let's just say Kakinen starts on Tuesday and he loses, and it's not a bad loss. It's just one of those, ah, it happens losses, right? <laughs> which it seems the Sharks have had a few of. Right. Because it's against Vegas, the temperature is going to turn up be, be turned up even more. Oh, you it'll, know? it'll get magnified. Yeah. Oh, my God. You know, we remember game seven. We haven't beat them since. And it's, can you, know, you stop bringing up the words game seven? <laughs> hey, I'm, you know what? I'm just I'm, I'm tapping into uh, the feelings of uh, our listeners. probably. <laughs> <laughs> so I will be interested to see what happened. You know, Kakinen started the beginning of the week. Then you got Reimer back to back. We'll see. You know, the Sharks have a couple days off before they have to play in Vegas. Fifty percent uh, chance I'll be at that game. By the way, oh, oh, I thought it was going to be like ninety-eight percent. So we're looking for the jerk bump. Uh, you know, could happen. Could happen. The see Vegas. See, last year was much easier to justify going to the games when the Sharks are here because Vegas was ass, and so the tickets were cheap. <laughs> but Vegas is really good now, dude. And so Vegas is. Are you getting nine and one in the last ten? What the fuck? Well, and the ticket price. You know the. The the shine uh, on the Golden Knights and the oh, it's sparkly. The average ticket, the price glowy the sparkly ticket, right now. They've risen at a commensurate rate. Sure. You know? Oh yeah. If you would have bought these tickets like three weeks ago, I mean, it's shit, man. If they were on sale, <laughs> you know, if they were on sale in like June, they would have been cheap. Oh, <laughs> that's just not how it works, unfortunately. So yeah, I'm 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 gonna be real interested to see. We we can get to that in a minute, but I'm I'm gonna be real interested to see how the goalie thing plays out for the next few games because it does feel like Quinn has said, okay, these first 15 games I've kind of go gone, you know, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But Reimer gets two straight starts. There's there's been a, a win and a shootout win. So we'll see what happens if he decides to ride the hot hand. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I want to ask you, is it become that time that the top guys are finally starting to show up? Cause it, you know, I mean, the dude hurdle went, scored in the very first game in Prague and then like went like 12 games without scoring. And all of a sudden he's starting to put up some points and Meyer had that long streak where he wasn't doing anything. And all of a sudden LeBanc hurdle and Meyer have become like, Oh, Look at these motherfuckers. 
Yeah, I mean, especially do we we talked about the kind of the 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 darkness that Hurdle was in when it came to the offense, and then uh, the last the last four games he's got six points, including three goals. Same thing with Timo Meyer. You know, prior to tonight, Timo Meyer had a goal in five consecutive games, which you know, as from Timo Meyer's perspective, as somebody who's looking for a new contract, that's obviously how you want to be playing. I, I think um, how we refer to that is called huge. Yeah, it's huge, <laughs> and I just. I kind of like we talked about earlier and we're talking about right now, like it seems like the Sharks top six, with the exception of who that sixth forward actually should be. Mm-hmm. It Special seems like, yeah, I mean, he's making a case. That's for sure. It seems like the Sharks identity, at least in the top six, has started to solidify. I mean, I don't think. I don't think anybody is all too surprised that Meyer and Hurdle have continued to play together. But, you know, they Svechnikov was up there, Hurdle, I'm sorry, Barabanov obviously was the the third player that we all wanted up there. Um sure. Cunning got some time there, Lindblom, Gregor, like it's kind of been a rotating door specific uh especially like last year too, but you know, Dude, it seems like, it seems <laughs> like LeBanc has found a home there. For now, I mean, he's got, you know, seven points in 16 games. You'd like that to be a little bit higher, but it's not a terrible clip to be scoring at. Dude, um, the fact that uh, that LeBanc seems to have found a space to live mm-hmm. that hasn't been built by Joe Thornton is right. something to, like, celebrate. Well, that's kind of where it all started, right? You know, pretty much, pretty much ever since the pandemic started and Joe Thornton took multiple steps back and then left the team, you know, LeBanc has kind of been out in the cold a little whoa, bit. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Joe Thornton is, isn't on this team anymore? Well, you know, depending on you who you ask, you know, some people still think he is on the team, just uh, like many other people former are saying. players that people love. Anyway, uh, um, Marlo, Burns, <laughs> Nabokov. Pavelski, Pavelski. Um, uh, you know, it, it seems what's like... What's Rudy Le- Balser's up to? No, go ahead. <laughs> it seems like LeBanc has found a home with Hurdle and Meyer, and I think... You know, we'll see as time goes on and as that trio is together more, we'll see uh, where things go. And then obviously, Couture and Barabanov, I think, has been a really good duo uh, up to this mm-hmm. point. I would I'd love to see someone who is a not they don't even have to be good offensively. They just have to be. <laughs> I hate to say it. They just have to be good. And <laughs> unfortunately, Matt Nieto has not been that this season outside of a couple of moments. He, he's really good defensively. He's just never going to score. Right, exactly, and there's nothing wrong with that. But <laughs> except that's not what we looked at the second line for. Yeah, but exact, exactly, it's the same <laughs> thing. It's the same thing last year. You remember when Bob Bugner was trying to Ooh. sell? You know, Bob was trying to sell the uh, the shutdown third line, and it's like, okay, well, if the third line is the shutdown <laughs> line, what the hell is our fourth line? <laughs> exactly. And so now, to your point, you kind of have that shutdown penalty killer winger on the second line, it's just, it raises a lot of question marks. And so, as you said, you know, if Svechnikov, you know, give him a spin there, I mean, to me, it's either Svechnikov or Cunnin who should be there. And I'm not overly thrilled with Cunnin's game no, at this point. Not at all. So, I mean, I don't, I don't, and not, to, I don't think Svechnikov is the best option, um, like in Bite a vacuum, but, Bite but for, time. like for the Sharks, for what the Sharks have, he is the best option. Yeah, that's right? what else but, I'm saying. But obviously, First choice would be to find a better suited player for that role, but you get what I'm saying, and yeah, it's a, I don't know. Well, I just, I mean, you look at where this team started off with. It was supposed right. to be the the is similar 
I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. It was very similar to the PDB, you know, uh, <laughs> the, method. Yeah, the PDB method, if you will. It's a, it's a great term to call it. It was uh, PDB loved his pairs. Mm-hmm. And it seems, uh, you know, maybe Bugner not so much, but Quinn definitely not so much because when it started off, it was like, okay, we needs me some Hurdle Barry or, you know, Barbie, whatever you want, you know, Hurdle, Barabanoff, Couture, Meyer. Mm-hmm. And that started for a game. Well, I mean, obviously, and then Barabanov came in, what had like no fucking training whatsoever, came right. in cold as shit. And played well. It played well, but definitely I mean, dude, cold. He's, he's cold, sure, but but to the counterpoint to that, he's fifth on the team in scoring. <laughs> I know. Which is just a huge like red flag and beacons as to how low the bar is for the bottom six. Well, and I think for Barabanov, it's a green flag, right? Like it makes you Hell it yeah. just make it just makes you wonder, like all these these guys who were who were counting on that have had a full training camp, like what's their story? Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> what are you what are you doing over there? Yeah, right. And <laughs> so the just the fact that it like started off where it was going to be Hurdle, Barbie, Couture, Meyer, and then that's somehow flipped a little bit and it seems to be working so far. Uh, I, I, I go back to what you're saying and, and to what I'm saying is that I think Svech needs to slide into that left side and replace Nieto. Nieto go needs to go back to where he is best deployed, mm-hmm. you know, fourth line penalty killer energy guy stay down there. 10 minutes a night is your jam. Well, and this isn't the first and like, this isn't the first time we've seen this. I know you remember this very fondly, but you know, I remember back in the day, seven, six, seven, eight years ago. Oh, <laughs> I remember the Marlowe Couture Matt Nieto second line. I remember that line very fondly. And it was the same kind of thing where Marlowe and Couture picking up points left, right, and center. Nieto, okay, you can skate, but what do you bring into the table beyond that? And Go down the road a couple of years. What happened? Matt Nieto, no goals in sixteen games. Gets oh, throws, geez. gets thrown on waivers. And dude, how many games did um, uh, Don Skoy go? <laughs> right, and and so it's dude, just, you were calling him out for like eighteen shows in a row. <laughs> <laughs> well, and 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 so here's the thing with specifically with Matt Nieto. I don't know, like I don't know where you are. I'm not ready I'm to Jose. say. Like I'm not ready to say that Svechnikov should be the permanent fixture on that line, but I think I am. he should. I think he should, at the very least, he should be the first guy to get a long-term chance there. Yeah, no, I I am the guy that says no. That's that's who you need to put. Is Svechnikov or Benino? It's one or the other. Like there's literally no one else to put in that slot. I'm See, not put. And- I'm not putting Gregor there. Gregor, despite the fact that he's been scratched for like half this season. Clearly, if he's getting scratched that much, he's not showing the coaching staff what they need to show. The only other person I'm putting there is if they would have claimed falsers. <laughs> that's that's the other putting that's the other guy I'm putting there. So it's it's either Sveshnikov or Benino because we saw it last season that Benino mm-hmm. flourished when he was moved up to you know second line wing rather than third line center. Right, and 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 the point you made, the point you made about Noah Gregor, I think it's a fair point to make. I mean, poor bastard. Bottom line is, yes, you're right. He hasn't shown for some, you know, he hasn't shown enough to stay in the lineup. But again, 
you know, last year he was averaging 15 minutes a game. This year in the six games he's played, he's only averaged 11. That's a huge chunk of time that he's missed out on, right? And Because he sucks. But I don't think it's that he sucks. I mean, no, look, I think it does. <laughs> but okay, but look at it like this. He's been in the lineup less minutes per game than last year. He's playing with as we've talked about playing with players that can't get him the puck, so he's basically on an island trying to do things himself. Well, I, I think, think it feels like every time he's inserted in the lineup, he has different players. You know what right. I mean? And, it was and like, that's when, it's like here's Benino and Gadjevic. Oh, okay. I'll try to make it work with them. And then the next time, and then he's scratched for two games and then he's put back in. And it's like, here's Sturm and Lindblom. And he's like, okay, I'll try to make that work. And then the next game, here's Nieto and Couture. And it was, you know, well, like, and it, 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 to a certain extent, I think Quinn owns a little bit of this. Well, sure. And I, and I think, you know, he played Noah Gregor, that is, on, uh, with the Blues, uh, against the Blues, he played with Timo Meyer and Tomas Hurdle, and I felt like in that game he had a lot of jump. So I was very surprised that he was scratched against Dallas. <laughs> Dude, I was, you know? I was very upset that Sveshnikov was scratched against the Blues. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm I like, mean, really? I think I think there's a universe where both can be in the lineup, though. That's the thing. Dude, that's what I'm saying. Uh, like, and as we talked about, there's maybe three players we would throw overboard to get either of those two in. Oh, sure. And, oh, and, and here's your update. Touchdown 49ers. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I'm talking about updates. Uh, thank you, uh, Puck Guy. From David Quinn, your team can really pack it in, and we did anything but that, and that says an awful lot about our group. That's David Quinn on the Sharks mood after the second Minnesota goal. Yeah, your team can pack it in, but... Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> all right. So one game they didn't pack it in. Good for you. <laughs> well, it's so, all about build. It's all about building, right? It's like where do you like we've talked about where do you go from here? What's well, and this is step? what I this is what I want to ask you because we were talking about these lines. Uh, the, both you and I are not fans of having Nieto in the top six. So I'm not a fan of him in the top twelve. But go ahead. Sure. Um, is this a case of we've gotten to the point? Now that we're uh, what 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 what's the goddamn <laughs> where are we at five nine and three was I don't do the math so well so that's seventeen, 17 games. games so yep. seventeen games in which is I mean not you know a uh, a twentieth of the uh, was eighteen percent of the season eighteen and a half whatever I feel like seventeen games in Quinn, it's, a, it's a fifth of the way through. So, okay, then there you go. Perfect. A fifth of the way through. I feel like Quinn should have a grip, so to speak, on, <laughs> on what he has. And so is it time to stop the blender and say, Meyer, Hurdle, LeBanc, you're my top line. Couture, Barabanov, and hopefully Sveshnikov. You are my anybody but Nieto. You're my top line. Like I said, whether it's Benino or Sveshnikov, put those guys there. And then the bottom six, it's a, you know, Sturm. And, and Sturm, I, God, I feel so bad for that fucking guy because he has been a godsend. Clearly the best pickup during the offseason. And I feel like, oh my God, are you going to fucking strap him with like Lindblom on the right and Kunin on the left or vice versa? I don't even give a shit. 
Like, I feel so bad for Sturm at this point. But what it, it my my point being, is it time for Quinn to put the blender away? I think so. I mean like, I like ride this shit for like five, six games. Yeah, I mean, there's been so many there's been so many different combinations that we've seen uh through this first twenty percent of the season and with a few exceptions, nothing has really worked uh, beyond a couple moments or a, or maybe a game or two here and there, right? I think at this point, you know what you know what this team is. <laughs> you, you know, know? <laughs> like you know what this team is. So I think at this point, you just need to, as you said, find your line combinations that have played the best or have the most chemistry or whatever sort of intangible you want to assign. And just stick with it. You know what? If LeBanc, again, as I mentioned, LeBanc is somebody that the Sharks are relying on for offense. If he goes 10 games without a goal, you still need to keep him up on the top line because that's the best opportunity he has to break the funk. And you can say the same thing about Barabanov with Logan Couture and, you know, the same thing with Kakinen in net, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, if a player goes through a long stretch, if the Sharks were a, a playoff contender or a Stanley Cup contender, yes, you're always moving and moving the chess pieces and sort of trying to forecast, okay, what do we need to do that's going to propel us to the next stage? The Sharks, we knew the Sharks were missing the playoffs before this season even started. Yeah. The players that you view as long-term options for this team, the players that you are relying on for offense or whatever, just play them. No matter what happens, if LeBanc goes 10 games without a goal, I still want him on the top line because that's the best place for him. Yeah, and that's where you're going to find your spot. Yeah. So, and, and only one year left on his deal. So, it's just kind of like... One year after this year, correct? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Yep, yeah. that's correct. So, to me, it's like, you know, make it or break it. Well, absolutely. Oh, yeah, <laughs> of course. If, if LeBanc, I mean... You know, I think this year he's played... <laughs> like somebody's uh, going to sit there on the sideline with a, you know, with a stick that goes, Banker... Do something or we're buying your ass out in the offseason because you only got one year left. And clearly, the, well, I don't know if the, the Sharks have room to do a little a, a one-year buyout for that when there's so much other money left on the buyout table. But you know, but you know what? This is LeBanc. He's he's starting to. How many how many players are you allowed to buy out during a season? Like it, I'm I'm assuming there's a a you calculator. Mean how many, like like how many buyouts are you allowed to have at one time? You mean? Um. Well, because you can't you can't buy out during the season. You can only do it in the off season. <clears throat> yeah, but but what I'm saying is that you know, say that there's a guy who has a seven year deal. Okay. And after two years, you're like, oh, wow, did we fuck up? And you buy him out. And then the next year, there's a guy who's a five-year deal, and you're like, we fucked up. We buy him out. And then the year after that, there's a guy who's a three-year deal. We buy him out. Like, is there a limit to how many players can be bought out during, you know, over the course of it? Like, can, can you have, just because of the way it lines up with their contracts and everything, can you have, like, five players bought out? Yeah, so actually Okay, well so, then there you go. LeBanc, fuck you. <laughs> so right so right now the right now the Rangers actually have four buyouts on oh! their on their payroll right now and Who that's the not hell even are the Rangers. <laughs> and that well and that's not even including um a fifth buyout that they had that is recently dropped off, you know? So Okay, so so it is possible. So this is literally a case of LeBanc shit or get off the pot. Yeah, and I think, and again, you know, the, and you the, might even find somebody that 
Like the, I mean, what's LeBanc making? Like four point two? Uh, it's four, four and three quarters. So I mean, if if the Sharks, I mean, look, we, I'm not saying that Greer has decided to go scorched earth on certain things, but I do feel like if he found somebody that was just like, oh yeah, we'll we'll take LeBanc as like a little bit of insurance, like try to find, you know, solidify that that wing position, or you know, maybe some help as we try to make this run mm-hmm. and then in, in also for whatever reason, we have a scout that believes in this guy a little bit. And so, you know, if the sharks are willing to eat, you know, like 1.2 on this and it's only a $3 million haircut for us, we know that the cap is going to go up three, 4 million. Hey, hey, sure. I don't know. Does that sound reasonable to you? Yeah. I mean, I think, like the LeBanc buyout specifically, which I'm looking at right now, and it has has a lot to do with, you know, with um just the way the deal is structured, salary signing bonus, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's just say, for argument's sake, let's just say the Sharks bought out LeBanc this summer. It's a it is a very easy buyout to manage. It's eight hundred thousand next year, one point nine million in two years. It's a very easy buyout. So, see, to manage. and that's but, what I was but thinking. Here's the, but here's the caveat to that. The sharks bought. The sharks already have two easy to manage buyouts on the docket right now, and depending on where things go, Vlasic might end up being a third. One. I was gonna say, and and so, and I know Ian has mentioned it in the chat as well. You know, you'd be better off trading him and and eating the salary because if you can get something, yep. that's still better than having them to buy. So it, even if you move him for like a fifth. Yeah, I would take a fifth over nothing. And you know, the buy it it's it's nice that the buyout is easy because it's it's sort of like your it's a it's a very stomachable last resort, but mm-hmm. you you don't want to get there. No, you know? not at all. And I do I I think we can probably all agree that I don't, I don't know what conversation that Kevin LeBanc and Doug Wilson had between the whole okay, we're going to sign you for a million. But after that, oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, just, I mean, you oof, look at, oof. okay, but, but to, oh, to by the, the way, we don't have Joe Thornton anymore. Well, and, but <laughs> to play the, but to play the devil's advocate, right? You look at, look at LeBanc's first three seasons in the NHL. It was three consecutive years of growth, improving his, his offense, improving his games played and all that kind of stuff. There was a very positive trend going there. And, you know, specifically in that eight, 1919 season, uh, you know, LeBanc was only 22 and put up 56 points. So you kind of think, wow, this guy did this at 22. Like, what's the next level going to be? Yeah, it does feel like he's just never been able to take that next step. And of course, he's another guy. The problem is he hasn't even been able to get back to where he left off either. See, now let me ask you this. Is that also a case of coaching? Because it seems like Whenever, whether it was with PDB or Bugnor or, you know, with Quinn, it's been a case of LeBanc can do five things right, but when he does that one thing wrong, it's magnified and it's like, okay, fuck him, you know, throw, take him from the second, put him back on the fourth. Well, and like, that's where... it, like mid game, he makes one mistake and it just feels like LeBanc a lot of times, rightly or wrongly, is not given the chance to atone. I agree with that 100%. And that's, Thank you. And, and it's actually LeBanc 
who, you know, how LeBanc's experience last year uh, that led to the christening of, of Jam Job Bob, right? Where, <laughs> you know, where... Uh, good, good callback. Right, where, okay, so this guy, he he has all the skill in the world, but isn't put in a proper position to showcase that skill. And then when the skill isn't showcased, people get confused and they wonder, well, hey, what the hell happened? And it's like... Mm-hmm. You know, when you're, you know, when you're giving LeBanc as many minutes, and I don't mean to pick on Andrew Cogliano, I think he's a good Who? player. For, I think he's a good <laughs> player for what's expected of him. But when you're giving LeBanc the same amount of minutes as Cogliano, you can't be surprised when something like that happens. And mm-hmm. I think there's there's a lot of that that you know, and and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to kind of kick dirt onto Bob Bugner a little bit here. I don't want to do this, but it's like. There was a lot of that, you know, LeBanc, it happened to Balsers, it happened to Jonathan Dolan, Ryan yeah. Donato, right? All these of, guys. A lot of jams. All these guys who have talent, and yet, and sure, maybe did they go through funks? Sure, but as we talked about her at the <laughs> beginning of the show, well, as we talked about at the beginning of the show, everybody goes through everything, right? And so it's like these guys who have talent, they go through funks, and it's like, oh, you know, you're not doing what we thought you were going to do, <laughs> so we're going to... Uh, limit your amount of opportunities to do what we want you to do. Like yes. it doesn't make much sense. I, I completely agree with you. It's <sighs> I feel for Kev. I really do. And and you know, and I don't I don't like to get into the whole personal thing, but it's like, you know, Chief just got married over the summer and has a kid on the way. So it's like, fuck, dude, I am so rooting for you. And you you can shit all over Bugner and DeBoer all you want, dude. Quinn has put you up with the top line, you know, Meyer and Hurdle, like get her done. You know well, what I mean? His, well, and to his credit, he's, he's, um, you know, he's played well since he's gone up there. Right. I mean, he's, Let's he's got, he's, he's, he's had a couple, uh, brain farts. Okay. But, but can I, I think give you a stat, I'm sorry. Can I give you a stat? Well, I was going to hold on. Let me finish. He's had a couple brain farts, but I think. His, you know, it's the whole thing of like, he's the guy who it just feels like he's bringing brisket, potatoes, and mac and cheese to the party. And it's, oh, he forgot a fork. You know what I mean? Like he's bringing more than he's not, you know? Sure. Bring right. your stats. And and, and and so here's my stats. So LeBanc, so 16, uh, yeah, 16 games uh, so far this season, and he's got seven points, which you're thinking, oh, man, we'd love that to be a little bit higher, but sure. not terrible. But, well, we'd love that to be a little bit higher, but how many of those seven points came when he was with, you know, Hurdle and Meyer? Well, and so that's what I was – so that's the, my next point. Hey! So, so the last four games, which is, remember, the second game against Anaheim, yep, St. St. Louis – Dallas, and then tonight against the Minnesota Wild. So in his last four games, he scored five of those seven points. Hey now, to me, if you just if you break it down and you just look at it, you know, <clears throat> with the top line, without the top line, very very obvious what the right choice is here. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Hold on, this is good. This is a good one. Our buddy uh, Darren Stevens at Sharks Stats on the Twitter machine. Eric Carlson skated. 34 minutes, 12 seconds, had two blocks, and the primary assist on the game-tying goal. The ice time was his most in the regular season with San Jose and his most 
since December 29th, 2015 with Ottawa. So, um, look, I, I, you know, every jerk will be the first to tell you I'm not the biggest Eric Carlson fan because to me, I think statistically that, and that's the whole thing is, Oh, you just hate Eric Carlson because of, I, I don't even know why. And I'm like, no, the only reason why I have an issue with Eric Carlson is that I feel, and I think the stats bore this take out. He hasn't lived up to his contract as a San Jose shark for the money he's been given hasn't earned it until this season where it seems like, holy shit, Eric Carlson seems like he wants to oh uh, like earn the last three years combined in one season, <laughs> you know like that's the way he's playing, and that's fine, dude. And I'm I'm all for it, dude. I'm here for it. In fact, you know what? Let's to let's uh you know Jackie Redman, awesome, awesome personality from NHL Network. Let's hear what she has to say about Eric Carlson. Eric freaking Carlson. Dude is coming for that third career Norris. Two more points last night brings his total on the season to 21. That leads all defensemen and overall just three players in the entire league have more points than Carlson's 21. Not to mention he's a plus player despite playing for a pretty dreadful San Jose Sharks team. Sorry. Only two defensemen have ever scored 10 goals faster than Carlson, and they both played like 90 years ago. With his assists last night, he's the first D-man ever to put up 10 goals and 10 assists in 15 games or less to start a season. Carlson is currently riding a six-game point streak. Over that span, he's put up seven goals and eight assists for 15 points. He has never had a better six-game stretch in his entire career. Carlson could be setting us up for his best season ever, his career high in goals is 21. He's already halfway there. His career high in points is 82. He's a quarter of the way there with 67 games left to go. If he can stay healthy, and that's a big if, we could be poised for a vintage EK65 season. By the way, Carlson's odds to win the Norris right now on DraftKings, plus 12 100 would be pretty tough to dethrone the likes of one Kale McCarr, but I mean, throwing five, ten bucks on there ain't going to hurt anybody. I'm just saying, Eric Carlson is staring down another Norris. Okay, staring down another Norris. You know that Fox is out there. You know Hedman's out there. You know Kale McCarr's out there. Plus mm -hmm. 1,200. Are you going to tell me that you're not going to, like, I don't know, on your way to work, swing by the MGM and go, you know what? You know. I'll throw, I'll throw a twenty on yeah. uh, on on Carlson to uh, pull that Norris this year. Yeah, I mean the way he's the way he's played this season, right? Right, he, dude. He, what, what do we say? How many are we in to the year? Twenty percent. Uh, no, I thought no twenty. I thought it was less than that, but okay. <laughs> I I think it's going to be in. You know. Oh yeah, you're right. A, you're right. Twenty percent. There's there's still a lot of season left, obviously. But it, so it's going to be interesting to see if Carlson can sort of continue uh, with what he's done up to this point. But and again, the if fact you, that if there's you, been games where it's like like tonight, 34 minutes because Shimmick got injured. Right. And and again, like we've kind of talked about the last couple of weeks. Right. So you can point to, oh, you know, got an assist on the game time goal, doing exactly what we ask of him, blah, blah, blah. And it's all awesome. Hell but, yeah. But again, as as we've kind of dug into uh, a little bit of the nitty gritty over the last couple weeks, right? Uh, 
this week especially, he's had a he's had a, a, a pretty spectacular week on the other side uh, of everything as well. Um, he had three three hits this week. Uh, he had four. I'm just doing the math real quick. Three hits this week. Four block shots. Um, three assists. Oh, uh, is that right? Yeah, three three assists. So the offense is obviously there, as we've talked about. Um, you know, but uh, the whole thing, three assists in three games. That's that's a point per game, right? Which is what you want from him. But again, on the on the defensive side of things as well, he's hitting more than he has since he's been on the Sharks. He's blocking shots more than he has since he's been on the Sharks. He's and taking he's a lot of shots, leading the t- the team in time on ice, time on ice, and scoring. And so. Again, if you've got some extra scratch lying around at plus 1,200, why not? Yeah, how do you not throw like 25, 50 that way? Yeah, 25 bucks, Dude, whatever. plus 1,200? Yeah, I was going to say, just skip, you know, whatever whatever your Dude, choice like, is. Like, you know. don't pick up that fucking macchiato that morning at Starbucks and throw it was, down at the table. I was going to say, Starbucks, Pete's, Dutch Bros, Dunkin', whatever your preference is, just skip that for a couple days. Hey, now. Dude. I'm right there. You know what? Um, I feel like you owe me a couple bucks. Maybe I just say, hey, <laughs> you know, stop off and, and place that bet, right? Yeah, that <laughs> might be something that we have to organize. All right. Uh, so hero and zero of the week. Um, hero this week. Um, I'm going to go first because I feel like you've gone first the last couple weeks. That's fine. If that's okay with you. Um, my man. Svechnikov, mm-hmm. you know, only played two games, but when he got back in, dude, scored a significant goal, and I just feel like this is a guy that, if given the opportunity to play in that top six role and take Nieto's spot, he's going to make the most of it. Um, jerk knows. I've, I've been talking about Svech since damn near the beginning of the season, and so I have two words for you. My man. <laughs> so Svech is my hero of the week and I hope he continues to remain there. Jerk. Uh so the last couple of weeks I've gone with a with a more underground choice we'll say. So I think this week I think week we I'm both gonna, have. Yeah, so this week I think I'm going to go with a sexy pick and Barbie, I'm going to I'm going to say Tomas Hurdle. Fuck you, should have been Barbana. As as we <laughs> like as we talked about like Hurdle after the games in Prague. Hurdle had a really rough go of it, pretty much the whole season. And this you week, know, he, two goals, one assist. The you know point per game this week. Yeah, and even uh, and even, even strength, the, all of them. Right. Well, and even and even going back, you know, again, it's all about trends. It's all about you know where are you going, what are you building on, right? And even you know, I know we <laughs> I know you? we talked I know we talked about it a week ago, but like if you want to combine last week and this week, right? That's uh, that's eight points in his last six games, which is the Tomash hurdle that we're accustomed to. And that's what <laughs> the hurdle special, right? Well, and that's what you expect out of a player making eight and a quarter million dollars and shooting and, 28.6 percentage, right? Which obviously is going to regress, but you know, even if, you know, even if that comes, like, it <laughs> dude, was you, so... you want to talk about regression, dude, Svechikov, my man, 50%. <laughs> right. Well, and, and and you know, and even then, like Hurdle, just because of how how brutal he was in between the Czech games and then oh, the beginning God. of last week, you know, his shooting percentage is actually down to thirteen percent, which is still high, high above league average, but that's not necessarily that big of a deal. I mean, over his career, he's averaged thirteen percent shooting, so I kind of think maybe he's right where 
he should be. Sure. Um, but I just thought it, it, he's played a completely different game ever since the beginning of last week, and he's been consistent and he's had like positive trends, right, with offense and with with even defense and 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 all everything across the board. I think it's a completely different player. All right, uh, zero. I'll let you go first on this one. Oh man, see again, I, I'm having the same problem. It's hard to pick out. <laughs> it's hard to pick out somebody that's failing to meet expectations when. Most really? of the team is failing to meet expectations. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how do you pick just one, right? Yeah, who's the biggest loser? <laughs> <laughs> I and you know what? I hate to I hate to to really do pile it. on. But... Do it, Lawrence. No, I wasn't. No, be... okay, we'll get to that. <laughs> but like, to me, it's it's Luke Cunning, right? Oh, and again, you know the Luke Cunning. You know, there's been a lot of words said about the Luke Cunning trade and I know words. I know what he's words. supposed to what he's supposed to do for the team and all this kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, you know, he was supposed to provide like some middle six, like sort of a shot in the arm to the middle six. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not happened. Uh as it was talked about earlier, you know, in the chat, he's he's tied for worst plus minus on the team. Um he can't he and He's gotten better this week, but there's still a concern about how much he's in the penalty box. And, you know, there's a lot of room that needs to, you know, there's there's a lot of growing that he needs to do. A lot of improvement that is required because, again, like whatever you think about the trade, whatever you think about (coughs) him as a player, like the Sharks need him to be productive. Yes. And... You know, not there yet. Yeah, not there yet. That's a good way to put it. Uh, for me, I, I hate to do this, man. Do it, Gregor. Eric Carl. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, Gregor. It's just, goddamn, man. You get yeah. scratched and, and you come in refreshed, and you're still not able to impress Quinn. I don't know what he's looking for that you are not providing, but. I feel like Rudy Balsers might have provided it. I don't know, <laughs> but Jesus. Well, Mike Greer hates Balsers, don't you know? Uh, well, David Quinn hates Gregor. Right. And, I mean, I feel that. PJ48, I love this comment. You guys have been talking about the trade worthiness of LeBanc. What about Vlasic? You think he gets into any conversations if he keeps this play up over the season? No. Not no. for this season because he still has a full no move. Now, if he were to do this a year from this date, maybe because his full no move turns into a three-team no trade. And with the, shall we say, the cap rising, maybe the Sharks go... Well, you know, maybe this. Uh, what's uh, what's Vlasic making right now? Like seven, seven point seven something? million. Seven, seven million. million. So if if Vlasic is able to keep up what he has been doing this season, which I think, I mean, tell me I'm wrong, but <laughs> Vlasic hasn't played this well since PDB was a coach. Yeah, it's been an, it's been about three years since Vlasic has played net positive good right <laughs> so if he were to come along you know and and continue the season that he is having and then going into next year have that same it's like yeah we're gonna have you middle pair 
and we want you to keep shutting down shit, and he continues to do that. Maybe there's a team that, you know, and, and who knows what the hell's going to be going on to Montreal because we all know that Vlasic has a hard-on from Montreal. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, just to get into your question there, that's, like, I don't think Vlasic's going anywhere this year. Next year, when that, when, you know, when when the, uh, I don't know, the reins loosen up a little bit, who knows? Uh we both... See, I don't, I don't agree with that just because like, oh, well, then no matter, fuck you. well, no, but I mean, no, <laughs> no matter what, no matter what Vlasic can do to rehab his image, which he's done a very good job of this year, so no matter what image, he can do stats, but well, sure. But just the whole persona of him and just, um, what he's bringing to the table, like at the end of the day, he's still making 7 million a year for the next three years. And so if he, if a, some of and, a hard if, a hard if he is a trade option, it's not going to be without retained salary. It's yeah. not going to be without uh, two, minimum two mil. Yeah, it's not going to be without either kicking in a sweetener or trading him for nothing. Yeah, and I and right now I, it's just me. Other people can tell me I'm a, uh, I'm an idiot. Uh, I don't feel like the Sharks are at a point where they have the option to give up a quote-unquote sweetener. No, of course not. I think yeah. sweetener should be your absolute last resort. There you go. All right, so you got your zero in, did you? Uh, Who the hell was yeah, it? Cunning. Cunning? Cunning? There you go. All right, so uh, quick hits before we get out of here. The, the Panthers placed Rudy Balsers on waivers, and Tampa, of all teams, picked him up. And awesome. Dude, hockey jerk was dancing a jig. <laughs> well, because he's dude, like how how did the sharks not pick him up? He, they're already paying him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You're already paying the fucking guy. Pick him up. Yeah, no, I, I think he's really gonna flourish uh in Tampa. I really do. But dude, explain to me. Like, dude, I get Ekblad, great player, but Dude, th this is a guy you had penciled in your top six, and then all of a sudden Eggblack gets better, and you're like, oh, no, he's expendable. Like, there really wasn't, like, seven other guys you could have looked at? Well, not only that, but... Like, holy just, fuck, dude. And, and maybe, you know, m maybe the timing, you know, maybe the timing of it all is kind of what messed it up, but just, like... Fucking yikes. Balser, like, Balsers is not, like, he's not, like, some washed-up player. Like, he has some value to him, and so <laughs> I just... That's why I don't get it. You know, at the very least, you just flip. You know, I, I, I'd be surprised. Or, you know, I'd be surprised if they didn't try to flip him anywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, Florida, that is. Yeah, no, that was really weird. Uh, but whatever. Yeah, uh, Brody and Brownie were noticeably absent from the pre and post game show. If you actually watched it, so good for you. Uh, from week, uh, from this week. So, what the hell is up with Calgary, dude? What is up with the Pacific Division? This is not where my bingo card was landing at this point, sir. Like, what, 20% into the season? Like, Vegas being number one, sure. I like, because going into the season, we, you know, we talked, uh, me, you, Ian, a bunch of different uh, Teal Town people. We were all kind of like, you know, some of us were very high on Vegas. Some of us were very kind of like... Maybe they might slide in. You look at it. So a couple people were right. I, Dude, w was it you or Ian or maybe both of you? 
dude, Seattle third. Really? Right now? See, I, I thought Seattle was going to be, I thought Seattle was going to be hanging out with the sharks and the ducks at the bottom. Dude, you know, I thought as did I, I. Maybe, like between between their forwards and their goaltending, I thought maybe they could stick around. <laughs> I thought maybe they could stick, stick around longer than people gave them credit for. And you were the poor bastard that took Vancouver last year. How do you feel about that now? Well, dude, I took Vancouver again this year. I said the Van- I said <laughs> Vancouver. Fuck. I said Vancouver was going to make the playoffs and knock Vegas out. <laughs> dude, and my hashtag Kings. Dude, they're second right now with a three-point cushion. Like, holy fuck, dude. Like, I don't even get this. And then Calgary being fifth. Like, I just, I don't even, like, if you look at the bottom three, San Jose, Vancouver, and Anaheim, those three, you could probably sit there and go, eh, you know, maybe Vancouver above San Jose, but eh, sounds about right. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you would have considered Seattle. Like it, it, it just felt like the Pacific were very much a top four, bottom four, and it felt like the top four was going to be like, you know, Vegas, Calgary, Edmonton, L.A. Jumble them up however you want, and then the bottom four was going to be, you know, Anaheim, Vancouver, San Jose, uh, Seattle. Jumble them however, and even if Seattle finished at the top of that group, they're only finishing fifth. So to look at where they are right now, dude, the LA Kings on a four-game win streak. You know, Vancouver on a three-game losing streak. Like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) Dude, this is so crazy. And we saw Colorado. Remember, like, Colorado a month ago was, like, seventh in the Central. And they figured out now they're second. I think we're going to see the same. I think we're going to see the same thing happen. Uh, with the Calgary Flames. See, that's what I'm hoping for. You know, I love me some Daryl Sutter, but you know, like it, it, like a month ago, Colorado was in the fucking basement. Now they are two, you know, they're two points away from taking the top of the Central. And the other thing is, the team that's number one in the Central, Dallas, they played two more games. So Colorado, yeah, I feel like they probably have a, you know, you know, stranglehold on this. Like it feels like twenty percent into the season, we're starting to see, you know, like the predictions that we all had start to kind of show themselves. Like, for you know, for for a minute or two, Chicago was like second in the Central, and now they're fifth, right? You know, and they they're like two losses away from like going to seventh, and then Arizona's sixth, and it, like I feel like San St. Louis is going to turn it around a little bit. How could they not? Right. You know, <laughs> like they won three, lost eight, won two. Like that's really weird. Nashville, you would think, is going to do that. Now, here's the other one on the flip side. Dude, how the hell did New Jersey win nine straight? It, you know, it's guys, huge. Guys, guys, I mean, guys are getting hot at the right time, you know? I mean, oh, like holy every... dude, November has never been the right time to be hot in the NHL. <laughs> right. But I mean, you know, yes for Brad, especially like everything he's touching is going in, you know. Dude. I don't even get that. Like you look at the Metro. The Devils and the Islanders are your leaders? Islanders makes a little bit more sense, but oh, Devils for sure. I don't know. I don't know. Dude, that's just weird. Where Carolina, which was the sexy pick at the beginning of the season to like ride the Metro all the way to the, you know, to the end. 
Mm-hmm. And to and nobody saw Columbus being the shitstorm they are. That's that's just weird as hell. And then Boston. I don't know I don't know that a lot of people I th- I felt like a lot of people had Boston in the, you know, maybe the top 4. But being a 7 point you know, 7 points ahead of a second place Toronto at this point, I don't think anybody saw that coming. Although I don't think anybody saw Toronto being this bad. No, there's a lot of weird. There's a lot of weird things going on Dude, right now, the, and I think the Atlantic is so freaky. I was gonna say, I think as time goes on, I think maybe th- a lot of things will sort of reset. You know? Oof. No, no, it's creepy, man. It's creepy. So with that, uh, it's always fun to uh, dive into the Pacific and the NHL as a whole because sometimes shit gets creepy. But uh, you want to talk about really creepy? Let's talk about that other AHL team. Ooh, Barracuda. Oh, Dakota, what 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 have you done? <laughs> it's been so bad. Dakota played four games this week, starting with getting shut out, a shellacking for nothing. In Calgary, after being beaten 8-2 in Calgary. Oof. So, uh, so oh, and by the way, that 4 nothing shellacking that the, the CUDA took, Nicholas Malosh. That's usually the point when Jerk goes, who? Yeah, Nick Malosh got a goal and an assist. The CUDA followed that up with a return to TechCU. It was a 4-3 shootout win over the Ontario Reign last Thursday. And the cool thing about this, okay, Jeff Fiel, he gets a pair of goals, but Ozzy Weisblatt gets a goal in his debut with the CUDA. Strauss Mann makes his second start. It's a positive start. The, the thing that pisses me off, I was at that game on Thursday against Ontario. There might have been 400. You guys are missing out, man. Y'all need to show up for the CUDA. I'm telling you. It, it, it's such... TechCU is such a fun venue. Y'all need to turn out. I'm just saying. Uh, so over this weekend, it was a pair against the Colorado Eagles. The CUDA eked out a uh, win in the first game in overtime with goals by Jasper Weatherby and Luke Johnson. Uh, the second tilt, not so good. The CUDA lost 3-1. to one. That's a bummer. Who, 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 who got the, uh, the one goal for the CUDA today? Was that Tristan Robbins, I want to say? Yes, I believe that is true. Oh, man. So uh, the CUDA will play, uh, what, San Diego goals at home before going on a five-game roadie with a pair next weekend in Tucson. But anyway, look up those games that are going to be played at Tech CU. I'm telling you, a lot of fucking fun. But uh, right now, oof, CUDA have dropped a little bit. Last time I looked, eighth in the Pacific Division. It might be seventh now, but I don't know. But either way. Hopefully, hopefully, Kuda going to turn that shit around and maybe, uh, I don't know, Strauss man is the, the difference, but I will say, Arendelle, Makaniemi, you've been fun to watch, but I'm just saying. Uh, so, I have played the Jackie Redmond clip. I have played all the other clips. You know what I have not played? Jerk. What's that? I have not played the 
Who won a fully filled lunchbox clip? That is not what I have played. So you had 15 participants from what I understand, and you have the opportunity to not only take into account what Kakinen did on Thursday, what Reimer did on Friday, and then what Reimer did today. So you, my friend, have to work out. So what do you got there? Numbers? So let me. So I, I've done a couple calculations, and I just wanted to. I want to double check with you before we move forward on two things. So, so number one, started off with what it was. Uh, started off with save percentage, and then if we had people that had the same save percentage, it was the goals against was going to be the uh, delineating factor. Yes, the tiebreaker. Correct. Sure. So I just want to make sure that I have all this correct. So. It's the it's the just for tiebreaker purposes. It's the goals against average of the goalies, not the teams. Correct. Correct. No, it's it's just whatever Reimer and Kakinen did over the course of those three games. Gotcha. Inc- I only including ask. including today's game. Right. I only ask because there was the empty netter, which complicates things. Yeah. So no. Okay. So no. here we so go. So it comes down to you know it's like who, who wants, wants a lunchbox. So the Sharks' save percentage for—I'm sorry, their goalies' combined save percentage for this week— Goals against average. Save percentage is the— Oh, save percentage is the the first one. Correct. Okay. So the save percentage was 890. Nice. And you had 15 entrants. 15 entrants. Nobody hit 890. Did, Did anybody hit below 890? No. Everybody said over that? Right. Oh, do we need to go another week with this shit? No, because so <sighs> we even though even though the rules oh. were closest even though the rules were closest without going over, God, we had dude, that just man, that is a that is a an amazing amount of optimism. <laughs> right. So even even though the rules were closest without going over, nobody was close without going over. <sighs> right? So We'll have to, you know, change the rules on the fly here. So we had three individuals who all said who? eight who all said eight ninety-three. Mm. And that is that is where they were? And uh, no, so the save percentage <laughs> They all had eight anything. Oh, so that's where they were? No. <laughs> so no, because the save the actual save percentage was eight ninety. So oh. eight ninety, so eight ninety three was the closest oh, that, was, that people but, got, but still over. And we said before going over. I feel like we might need to roll this game one more week, dude. <laughs> you don't, you don't want to, you don't want to give it to. Uh... I mean, if we have somebody who threw in save percentage without going over, mm-hmm. or what, what? What? Hold on, I can't remember. What did we start with? Save percentage or goals against? What was the? Save percentage. Okay, save so percentage did we have anybody contest. who hit save percentage without going over? No. We'll see. Then I think we need to go again because that was the delineating factor. Like you can't even move on to the next criteria unless the first criteria was satisfied, and it wasn't. Sure. Okay. Okay. I think we need to go again. All right. So, I, so, so here's what I'll do. I will. Anybody who sent me an email or a DM on Twitter, if you're listening. Send it again for this week. All right. So here, here's what you have, everybody. <clears throat> so we're going to roll this shit again. 
because we want to play the game fairly. If you didn't, I mean, clearly by what Jerk is saying, every it's nobody close, got it. Yeah, closest without going over. Nobody got it. This this lunchbox is still very full with a still you in know, play. Yeah, still in play, but inside is still a hurdle Christmas bobblehead. There is still a uh, one reef towel from the Barracuda. There's still a Sharks Territory sign. There's there there's a whole bunch of shit in here. And the other thing is, just to let you know, this box is pretty full. I was still gonna drop in a couple surprises before I sent it out. So, look, would one of those things might be a Teal Town USA drink coaster? Sure, it's all right. Okay, so one Monsieur Hockey Gear. Between now and the next time I talk to you, the Sharks are going to play at Vegas. Then they are going to host the Detroit Red Wings. And then they are going to host the New York Rangers. Take into account, Vegas has been playing eh, pretty fucking good lately. Detroit, eh, not so bad. And then the Rangers, uh, they only have like a, what, uh, Vesna goalie, right? <laughs> so take that shit into account and we're going to do this shit again. So for this week, the Sharks play three games. If you would like to win the San Jose Sharks retro lunchbox with all of the things that we have put inside of it, here are the rules. You have to email hockeyjerk at hockeyjerk10 at gmail.com. And you have to, over the course of three games, take into account, three games are going to be played. You, it doesn't matter if it's Reimer or Kakinen or hell, if they bring up Dell or whoever, it's those three games. The collective, well, it's a collective, or are we doing save or goals against is the first save one. Per, save it's percentage Say yes, collective save percentage of the goalies is the main contest. The goals against average is the tiebreaker. Tiebreaker. Yeah. So, collective save percentage closest without going over. All right. Closest and without going over. That's the key point to me. That's the key point. And then if there are two people that say, you know, save percentage, I'm going to say, you know, 9 or 0.906 and somebody else says 0.906 well then you you're you're uh safe percentage either way you get what i'm saying <laughs> you, if, if you also and i see ao in the chat if you don't feel like emailing me you can also just dm me on twitter that's fine oh the uh, at hockey underscore jerk all right does that that i feel like that that is the fairest thing that we can do because I didn't I didn't want to do a thing where it was like oh you might be able to look some shit up or anything no 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 I don't want to do that I want to I want to see the people predict the future <laughs> so we are going to go with save percentage now I'm going to put this out there currently 11 games played James Reimer has a 0.908. The other thing I need to put out there, we don't know who's going to start the next three games. Kakinen could start too. 
Reimer could start. Reimer could start all three. We don't know, but I'm I'm trying to give you guys a hint right now. Reimer, with 11 games played, has a 908 save percentage. Kakinen, with six games played, has a 878 save percentage. So that's what we're looking for initially. Who can get the closest to that save percentage over those three games? We are not taking into account the previous 17 games that have already already been played. It's the three games coming up between now and next week's Pucknologist. Okay. Yep. I'm, I'm trying to. Vegas. I'm trying to make this as plain as possible. Do I sound like I make sense? Yep. At okay. Vegas versus Detroit <laughs> versus the Rangers. Okay then. So take into account the teams that the Sharks are going to be playing. It's save percentage. And then. After that, follow that up with the goals against because you, Joe Q viewer, Jane Q viewer, uh, they Q viewer, don't want to leave anybody out. There might be three persons that all guess 0.906. So after that, the tiebreaker, goals against average. And again, just to let you know, right now in 11 games played, James Ryber has a 2.88 goals against average, Kakinen 3.70. So I think what I'm trying to say to you, if you would love this uh, very fully packed Sharks retro lunchbox, figure that out. Get on to NHL.com. Look at those stats. They'll probably help you out a little bit. And there you go. I'm, I'm a little bummed that we weren't able to give this out this week, jerk. Dude, that... They kind of, but everybody went over. I know. Dude, it's like the worst prices right ever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Dude, it's, that sucks. Uh, but you know what? It's okay. Um, no, you know, it kind of sucks. Get, well, you know, hopefully we're going to get people back and. All right. Well, we're going to keep trying. Just play by the rules. That's all we're asking. Like, like Cary Lake in Arizona, right? Just play by the rules. <laughs> so and so and also just so in case you did enter the contest if you're listening i've already emailed or dm'd you depending on how you contacted me i've already put onto paper hey the contest is continuing please send new numbers and i've responded to everybody who entered so even if you're not listening <coughs> you still know the contest has been extended nice See? So, ever, so if anybody who entered last week says, oh, I didn't know, not our problem. There you go. Jerk <laughs> knows how to email people. but and well, I just really, all you have to do is just type it out, and then you copy it, and then you paste, 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 paste. Oh, and easy peasy. Boom, you're done. <laughs> easy peasy. Uh, this is something that we normally do, but we already did it already. But I just want to throw it out there just because it's fun. Tweet. Tweet. Oh, oh. The week. week. All right. Okay, that was it, only because it was fun, but that was from last last week. Uh, so uh, coming up this week, the Sharks have one more roadie to finish up their four game road trip. It's going to end in Vegas. Jerk, are you going to be there to give them a the bump or not? Uh, there's a fifty percent chance that I will be there. Oh, okay. Following Vegas, the Sharks are going to come home for three straight. Five of their next six is going to be at SAP after that, but between now and next Sunday. The Sharks will, in fact, face Detroit and David Quinn's former team, the Rangers. That is going to be on the 49er 
Bay Area Unite game. I can't wait to go to there because, uh, well, let's be honest, they stole my jersey idea. So remember to check out our post-game cast. It's going to follow every single Sharks game. We got Puck Guy. We got Landy, Dana, Mark, Ian. We have all sorts of people on there. We're not even sure. So with that, you can follow him at hockey underscore jerk on the Twitter machine. You can follow me at AJ underscore strong. Remember to leave your takes in the comments section of this YouTube video. If you were not able to play the home game live, if you have any tops you want jerking me to dip into our pinky toe, little toe, big toe, doesn't matter. Hit us up on Twitter at Pucknologist. Famous last words for you, my jerk man. Famous last words. Yeah, so whip it out. So we've already got three, I'm sorry, two people who were not in the contest last week. They've already submitted? Jesus Christ. They've already Christ. submitted. <laughs> so, oh, rock on. Hell yeah. Actually, uh, let me see. Just one. Okay, yeah. So one person who was in last week has sent me new picks already. Fuck yeah. So three people who were not in last week have sent me picks. So That's potentially awesome. up to 18 entries now. <laughs> if nice. assuming every assuming everybody who entered last week comes back. Oh yeah. But still it's, uh, hold on. And just to, to, to give, I I've already forgotten what the hell I put in here. What did I put in here? All right. So we have a, Oh, it has a Doug Wilson banner. Uh, it has a shark's fanny pack. There is a one reef towel from the Barracuda. There is a Tomash hurdle holiday bobblehead. There's a shark's placard. Th- oh man, there's some good stuff in here. So I'm just letting you know. It's uh, it's all packed. And again, there's still space for me to jam in one or two more other small things. So if you would like, teal together, motherfuckers. <laughs> you want the mini lunch retro box here? That's it. Okay. The- can you please do me a favor? Tell everybody the email to submit their goals against and save percentage to. Yeah, so you can you can either email me hockeyjerk10 at gmail.com, or you can uh, slide into those DMs. DM me on Twitter at hockey underscore jerk. And we were we're we're going to uh, announce this next Sunday during the Pucknologist, provided hopefully we have a winner. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say somebody satisfies the uh, the threshold rules. Okay, so everybody, if you have DM'd me on Twitter or sent me an email in the last five minutes since we announced that the contest is extending, your pick is in. So you don't need to worry. I got it. Nice. All right. So with that, uh, any famous last words before we move on? Any Anything tickling your, your fancy between now and next week? Any suspensions or, or something you look at like, a, a, I don't know, like, oh, my God. Sydney Crosby's gonna face Ovechkin this week. Like, like anything. Like, or were you happy that Evander Kane almost got his hand cut off? Like, just whatever. Um, I'll be a lot happier if the 49ers can oh! come back against the Chargers. Uh, is that happening right now? Uh, it's sixteen to thirteen Chargers. Oh, 49ers, 49ers have the ball. And how much time? Uh, six and a half minutes in the third quarter. Oh, and Jimmy G still playing quarterback. Okay, I'll have to look that up. <laughs> and that's it? Nothing for next week? No, not yet, but you know. Hey, oh, let me not let yet. me ask you this, good sir. Uh, were you um, excited for doing a earlier show because it was a takeover, or you were just like, eh, it's the same shit? 
Uh, no, it's actually nice because we're done right now and I can go eat dinner at a normal time. Hey, now. <laughs> See, I, I feel like you're going to be upset in a couple of weeks when the Sharks game on a Sunday starts at 7. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. You're going to be on the All right. Uh, my famous last words, I really don't have any. I just, I want somebody to win this beautiful lunchbox that is fully filled. <laughs> fully filled? You have it. Fully filled. All right. So, hey, do me a favor. Remember to click like if you enjoyed this video. If you didn't, hit subscribe. Totally appreciate that. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on social media. If you listen to the podcast on some sort of audio platform, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, whatever. Hey, tell a friend and help us out. Hit the subscribe button and leave us a review if possible. We'd certainly appreciate that. And you can find links to all of our social media podcast apps and more in the show notes below. And as always, you can find everything on Teal Town USA. We thank you very much for joining us, listening to us, watching us, whatever your preferred platform is. Hey, the Sharks won. Might have been in a shootout. Might have been in no way ever that anybody foresaw, but it happened. <laughs> I think. I don't know. Have we looked it up? Are they going to challenge that? I'm not sure. So we will see you here next Sunday. What? Uh, oh, yeah. Next Sunday, there's no game. Oh, that's the best part. That's the best part. That means Jerk and I will join here next Sunday. So tell a friend, 7 o'clock Pacific. We're going to see you here next Sunday. Following Sharks and uh, who is it? Who are they playing Saturday? Uh, oh, it's Rangers. a team. Oh, it's a team called the New York Rangers. But a day before the team they called Ottawa, right? Mm -hmm. I, I buy it. So with that, thank you very much for joining us. We will catch you next Sunday, 7 o'clock p.m. Good night, everybody. Enjoy your weekend.